Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. We're gonna get back. We're gonna get into Phoenix Suns in a little bit, but uh, we got the draft round one tonight. A lot on the line for the Cardinals and Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Polly, what is going on, gentlemen? Recently, I had to buy a used car for the sixteen-year-old punk. Right? <laughs> okay. Here's my analogy. Follow me on this one. Buying a used car is sort of like making an NFL draft pick. Okay. You can do all the research you want. <laughs> you can test drive it. You can try and interview the owner, right, the seller. You know, do I believe this guy? Do I not believe this guy? I, I think I've done all my homework. It looks good. It drives well. You never truly know when you ultimately have to put down the cash, right? You never truly know. It's always eventually, ultimately, a leap of faith. That's my analogy. Tonight is like buying a used car when you go out there and invest in a draft pick. <laughs> I love it, Paulie. It really is. Okay, my brother, I know that we've been talking an awful lot about this, but what do you think, Paul? I mean, right now, your gut instinct, what do you think's going to happen when the Cardinals are on the clock at number three? There's too much noise about trading out, trading down. The Diana Rossini report. Uh, less than a half hour ago, I heard Tom Pellicero on the NFL Network say, and I'm loosely quoting, that an NFL GM told Pellicero that the Cardinals have called him personally five times to see if they want to trade up so the Cardinals can trade out. Whoa. So based on that, I think it's just a matter of how far down the Cardinals trade out. And I'll be honest with you, yesterday we were watching the voluntary veteran minicamp and it was reinforced how many needs the Cardinals have. I mean, guys, you're watching the edge rushers, including now Zayvon Collins, which might be out of necessity. They moved him to outside linebacker. Would you say the Cardinals need an edge rusher? Would you say the Cardinals need a defensive tackle or three? Would you say the Cardinals need a cornerback, a number one cornerback? Would you say the Cardinals need help on the offensive line, center in particular, right? You could argue they need a receiver and even running back depth, future RB1, depending on what James Conner's future is after this year. So because there are so many needs at this very moment, I think that equates to more picks and the Cardinals desire to trade out. At least that's my expectation at this point. Talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulie, I'll stick with your used car analogy then. What sort of uh, trade-in value do the Cardinals have with that third pick? Because it sounds like you're right. They definitely seem to want to trade down. But what's the the sort of return they're getting from other teams that might be desperate for a quarterback? And you hope they're desperate, right, Luke? I mean, I'll go back to two months ago when we started this whole process. My marketing mantra was AZ needs three. You need three quarterbacks at least. Now, if Will Anderson goes number two, okay, all the better. Then you know what? Uh, I do expect someone to come up and pay dearly for C.J. Stroud at at number three. If Stroud is off the board and I'm still not buying Houston, I I just think Houston is so cheesed off that they didn't get Bryce Young. They didn't get the number one overall pick. They decided to mess with 31 other teams in this draft, right? I still believe Houston's going quarterback at number two. But if they don't and C.J. Stroud is there, I think that benefits the Cardinals in terms of a massive trade package. 
whether it's the Raiders, who, according to reports, had serious advanced discussions with the Bears about that number one pick before Carolina came up, threw in D.J. Moore and finalized that deal. I think there are a number of teams below the Cardinals all the way down to Tennessee and maybe even Houston at 12 that, yeah, they would be desperate. And you hope that's the word to come up to number three. And and look, if someone's going to come from 11 or 12, at least the Cardinals can use as precedent most recently what the Niners gave up to get Trey Lance. And that was a pick swap and then two future first-rounders. Okay, Paulie, so I'm not asking your expectation right now. What I'm asking for is what do you hope happens, Paul? What what do you hope to see? What's the best-case scenario you could see for the Cardinals at number three? You go down to the near the bottom of the top ten, whether it's the Raiders at seven, where it's Atlanta at eight. I think maybe even, believe it or not, a Philadelphia who, who sees their window as right now, if Philadelphia says, you know what, we need ourselves Jalen Carter after we lost Hargrave to the 49ers, and we're going to pair him up with Jordan Davis, I think that's a sleeper. So you go somewhere in that range, you get either the offensive lineman, and there are two or three legit top 15 tackles in this draft, yeah. not just Paris Johnson, but there are others, whether it's a, the defensive lineman you desperately need, minus J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, and then you maximize those picks. If you can get a, a top of round two, even if you don't get the first round, or if you get a top of round two this year, plus a top of round three, guys, the cornerback class is so deep. You could get a starting corner a top round two, that starting D lineman, offensive lineman. And I think a sleeper in round three is a tight end. For this team it's so deep in tight end this year that and if you're looking at the long-term view of this and you know you got a two or three year reset on this roster i could see him going tight end even on day number two of this draft uh we're talking to paul calvisi paulie just I, i'm assuming you already know but if the cardinals somehow end up with darnell washington wolf's gonna lose his mind so just be prepared for that right see i watched darnell washington and I never hesitate a chance to disagree with Wolf Luke. You know that, okay? Yeah, right. Somebody's got to hold him accountable around here. I see a big dude. He looks great, but, man, he's not very fluid, is he? Isn't no, he awful not. stiff? Yes. And doesn't he fight the football? Yes, he does, Bully. And that's what's great about it is he's really, really stiff at the point of attack, if you know what I mean. Like, he jacks you and moves you off the line. I, Paul, he's the best blocking tight end I've seen coming out of college and oh, I don't know. Ever? That's a long okay. time. So, 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 what sort of pick do you attach to a blocking tight end, Wolf? Yes. I mean, at, yes. best, at best, that's round three or four. Paul, you know what? Honestly, he's like Max Williams, a bigger version of Max Williams. Max Williams, of course, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league before he got hurt. And how much impact did Max Williams actually have on the Arizona Cardinals in their offense when he was healthy, Paul? I get it. I get it. And Jonathan Gannon, when he was first tired, was on the record as saying we're going to live in 11 and 12 and maybe even 13 personnel. So that's why I think it's a sleeper position group that they have to bolster. You know, what's the timeline for Zach Ertz returning? So, yeah, I get that, you know. But, Wolf, once again, I mean, you know, you can talk about the whole glorified blocking tight end slash H-back. I mean, Luke, you realize the Houston Texans are mad they didn't get Bryce Young, and Wolf is mad because only two fullbacks have been selected in the last four drafts. Hey, Paul, okay? That's just the reality of it. It doesn't matter. You can go out and get a, you know, a calloused fullback. You can go get them. You don't have to draft them, Paul. They're out there, though. And half the teams in the league have a fullback, by the way. 
Boy, this devolved quickly. Uh, Polly, here, I got to ask you this before we let you go. As far as DeAndre Hopkins, we were just having the conversation before of it sure feels like if he's getting dealt, it would make sense for it to happen at some point today, tonight, or maybe tomorrow. Are you getting that sense as well? Totally agree. I don't have any inside knowledge. It makes absolute sense. There have been enough reports that it's somewhat imminent, at least, you know, sometime tonight, you would think. Maybe, just maybe tomorrow, if there's a team with designs on getting one of the few wide receivers in round one of this draft and it doesn't fall their way and they don't get their guy, maybe they go ahead and and pull the trigger on a D-hop trade come tonight or tomorrow morning because you're figuring there's, you know, he's at the very best, you're going to get a day two pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And by the way, I said to this last night in the Big Red Rage, and I'll say it again, Luke, the Steelers are picking number 32 overall. You know why? Because they got a round two pick from the Bears for Chase Claypool. So I know that there are other factors with D-Hop, like his contract, right, right and, and the fact that he can be high maintenance. I get all that, but if you're KC and you're Buffalo and your time is now, if you're the New York Giants and you want to take that next step and you're, you know, you got a lot of nothing in your receiver room, you can't tell me that DeAndre Hopkins isn't worth at least a third-round pick when this is a very thin draft and there's nothing left in free agency. No, I'm with you on that, Paulie. Uh, listen, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I know that you're working. You're going to be working tonight, correct? I will be up on stage tonight, uh, and so I'm bringing the muscle. I got Kyle Vandenbosch out there, uh, you know, and then, and then Jay Feely. So, uh, you know, wow. I might have to get in the squat rack before that. And, you know, what I did with Kyle Vandenbosch, Wolf, I, I hold, you know, at the ready with you as well. You know, you guys start to pop off, and I have your scouting reports when you're coming out of college. <laughs> I'll just start reading all the negatives. Don't make me do it. Don't make me read all the negatives on your scouting report once upon a time. Okay, Paulie. Thanks, Paulie. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. That's Paul Calvisi joining us on the Arizona Sports Line.